what God is doing today. We've got uh, a few announcements before we do. How about a big shout out to everyone watching by online today. We're glad you joined us. Appreciate you being here. We love you guys. <laughs> We're going to take a moment now to give. Remember last week we talked about the difference between the tithe and the offering. The tithe shows our faithfulness, our consistency, and the fact that we're committed to make God number one. And our offering shows our generosity and our thankfulness. So right now we're going to give you an opportunity to be able to show God that he's number one in your life and that you're thankful for all that he's doing. If you have your offering with you, you can hold it up. Also, there are other ways to give here at the church. Most, a lot of people now are giving uh, on the church app. We encourage you to do that. I really encourage you to sign up for the ACH because it's, it's pennies to give that way. So it's, it's worth you checking into to give like that. But you can text whatever that says up there on the screen. <laughs> And you can give that way, all right? Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for all that you've done for us. There's no way that we can ever pay you back, and we're not trying to now. What we're doing is we're saying we love you, and we want you to know that you're number one in our lives. Thank you so much for all that you've given us, and thank you for the opportunity to be able to give back now for the glory of your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, as the ushers are taking up that offering, I'm gonna ask my beautiful wife to come up here. Come up here, beautiful wife. And I'm going to ask her, she's going to run and grab a microphone real quick, real quick. Quick does not have an R in it, real quick. And she's going to tell you about the wow wow what i mean the yeah the wow wow west that's, that's coming right. up this saturday that's right well you ladies don't want to miss it and i need you to sign up because this saturday we're going to have a wow west or western wow brunch so no fear i've got we've got hats and bandanas you're all set just come and expect a really good time look this is our, our girl time but this Saturday at 10 o'clock, and we have one of the best chefs I know, Doris McKee, fine cook. She always surprises us and does everything over the top. So please come, but please sign up so we know just how much to prepare for. But looking forward to seeing you there. All right. All right. Thank you. So we're, you'll all be enjoying that. I'm sure that they're going to have Western cuisine like buffalo and chunk of wumpy. That's a dog stew for those of you that don't know. What? Well, no, I'm kidding. They're not going to have that, but they're going to have a they're going to have a great meal. Doris always does a great job, so you're going to enjoy that. Also, let me encourage you to sign up for baptism if you haven't done that yet. If you haven't been baptized, I hope that you don't treat that like that's really not important. Jesus thought it was so important that he had John the Baptist baptize him, and he had no sin in his life at all. So his baptism was an example for us to be able to follow so that we unite with him, we identify with him when we're baptized. We're buried in Christ, and the Scripture tells us that we're going to raise in a newness of life with him as well. Amen? And finally, today is the last day to sign up for the Sight and Sound Theater. Let me encourage you, if you've never been there, if you haven't done this, this would be a great opportunity for you. They do a multi-million dollar production, and it's all based on the Bible. And at the end of each performance, they take time, the actors and those that are involved in that program take time, and they come to the front of that building, and they give an opportunity for you to come and give your life to Christ or to just come for prayer. So we're thankful for people that are dedicated to giving their lives for the cause of Christ. So this year, they're going to be showing Samson. Take a look at this, and LaDonna will be in the lobby to help you sign up. He's not my hero because he's brave or strong, or because he killed a lion with his bare hands and fought off thousands of soldiers. He's my hero 
because he's my son. want to go grab a rock and just throw it you're going to enjoy that we're going to, uh, so make sure you sign up this weekend all right if you have your Bibles I want you to go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 I want to speak to you for just a little while this morning on this topic I believe would you say that with me I believe faith is unique because faith doesn't become real to you until you believe you can't ride in on the faith of your parents or your grandparents you can't hang your hat on the faith of the church you have to find faith and so many times in the world that we live in today people seem to try and step away from faith it's almost like they're afraid it's contagious and faith is contagious you get it and you'll cause somebody else to break out with it it's, it's a good thing to have. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, it's catchy. And here's the deal is if we choose not to believe and we think, here's the thinking in the world today. Well, as long as I don't believe there's a God, I won't have to answer to God. As long as I choose not to believe, then I can't be held responsible. But that's where you'd be wrong. And I want to read a scripture for you today, and I want you to get an understanding of how important faith is in your life. And we're going to give an account whether we believe it or not. Amen. How many of you have ever been to one of those, uh, what's it called, Ripley's Believe It or Not? You ever been to one of those? You ever see some of that stuff in there? Some of the stuff that they have and, and they, they look at it and they're looking at it and they say, oh, I just can't believe that. I, I don't believe that. And it's right there in front of them, right, right in front of them. And they still don't believe it. You know, you remember the mermaid man? Some of you remember that the mermaid man, those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. <laughs> There's a, they, they, they had this, this figure that, that looked like a fish and it had like the head of a human on it. And come to find out, somebody made it. And they put it in there and said, believe it or not. Well, look, I don't believe that. But when it comes to God, there is some empirical evidence about God that you cannot dismiss. There's some things about God that you can't just say, well, I don't believe that because it surrounds you. So let's take a look and see what Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. This is from the Amplified. For ever since the creation of the world, his, vis or his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. There are no excuses not to believe. Just look around you. Let's have a word of prayer together right now. Just, Father, thank you for your word that's life. I ask God that you would gather us up in your arms today, God, and cause the truth of your word in your presence to be revealed in our hearts and minds today. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. All you have to do, this is, well, let me put this in plain English for you. Nobody's going to be able to say, well, I didn't know. They're not going to have a defense. Well, I didn't believe because I, I, I just never knew. Here, the scripture makes it evident that all of creation around you testifies to the fact that there's a God. Is there anybody in the house today? Testifies to the fact that there is a God. When you go in school, and I know you, you don't want to get kicked out of class, but let me just put a bug in your ear. When they start teaching you about evolution, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be snide, or, but, but I, I just tell you I'm about up to here with people trying to perpetrate something that has no basis in fact and trying to put that in and indoctrinate our children with that. When there's nothing for them to stand on, there is no evidence of macroevolution. There is evidence of microevolution where a dog evolves in, within its species. But there has never been any evidence of where an animal jumps species, of where all of a sudden a dog became a cat or a rock became a croc or an amoeba became the person you're sitting next to. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, I am not an amoeba. I, I am not some tadpole that lost its way and all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was a man. It's, it's all around us, the evidence of creation. Think about this. Think about the heavens that are around you and our position with the sun, and I'm going to get into this in a minute, but our position with the sun, if you move that, if you move our position from the sun, if we're moved just a fraction further away from the sun, we're going to freeze. If we're moved a fraction closer to the sun, we're going to burn up. The sun is producing 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. It, it, it'll cook you like a crispy critter. Now think about it. But God located us in a position that a lot of the congregation today are down in Florida and they're, laying, they're, they're, they're out on the beach going, oh, 27 million degrees never felt so good. No, it's because of the position that we are, how everything's positioned, how God in his intelligent design positioned and created us. No wonder David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at the book of Proverbs in six, chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. Go to the ant, thou who? You sluggard. One translation said, go to the ant, you lazy bones. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Can I ask you a question? How many of you have ever taken time just to look at ants? When I was a kid, I didn't, look, don't get mad at me. I was a kid. So capturing insects, I wasn't right, I'm telling you up front, I wasn't right, I was wrong. But capturing insects became a pastime for me and my friend. I cannot tell you how many ants I put in spider's webs to catch the spider. <laughs> I'll never forget, we had, we had a glass jar, a mason jar, had that had it positioned under the spider's web. I was holding the jar. My friend had the lid. I don't advise that. If you're going to catch a spider, make sure you got both components in your hand. I, had, I was holding the jar underneath it. He had the lid over the top of it. We threw that ant in there. That ant started triggering that spider web, and all of a sudden that spider came out. My friend came down on top of it. He missed the spider. That spider fell on my arm, was all the way up here before I was able to flick it off. And I want you to know, I got goosebumps when that happened. And it wasn't about the way that God made the spider. 
It was about, oh God, get that thing off me. But the ants, have you ever, have you ever watched how ants work? I've been in Trinidad up in the, the bush and, and seen ants, and it's like an assembly line. And they're going back and forth, and there are thousands of them, and they're moving, and, and nobody, there's not, you know, I didn't see an ant with a whistle. <laughs> All right, everybody to work. Didn't, didn't see an ant, you know, with a whip standing at the, the side of them going, All right, move those leaves, boy. Yeah. But they just instinctively moved and they operated and they gathered their food. And it was built in them. Now you can't look at creation and not see the hand of God. When you look at, as a matter of fact, another passage in the scripture says that the conies are a weak folk, that they're, that the, which are high racks, which are, are a cute little fuzzy thing, kind of like a rabbit, but it, they say it's related to an elephant. I'm just telling you what I read. And it lives in the rocks. And the thing really, you know, doesn't have that much defense, but it was smart enough to build its home in a place that would be difficult for predators to get to. The intricacies of nature. When you look at them, you can't help but see God. Now, let me give you a scripture from, think, think about when Jesus talks. What is Jesus talking about? He said, consider the sparrows. He goes to nature to try and show you the love of God. He says, consider the sparrows. They don't toil nor spin. I'm sorry, consider the lilies. They don't toil nor spin. And there's not a, a king with more splendor than those have. And he said, consider the sparrow that doesn't plant or sow. But God provides for them. What's he saying? He's looking at nature and he's saying, if you'll just look around you, you're going to understand that there's a God that cares for you, that's prepared this earth for you, and is going to take care of you if you keep your focus on him. Everybody say focus. Did you ever go to get your eyes checked? Come here real quick, Danny. Let me borrow your glasses. You go in to get your eyes checked and they put, I just got some new glasses. I should have worn them in here today. You need to clean yours. <laughs> so, so what happens is when you go in and you're getting your eyes checked, they, they keep switching lenses on you. And, and all of a sudden it's like they, I go, you know, I, I just did this a few weeks ago and I sat in there and they flipped a lens. They said, How that, how's that? I said, oh, that's good. And they flipped another one and it was horrible. And I'm thinking, what do you not understand about good? I, I said, you know, the other one was good and they flip it and then I can't see anything. They flip it again, I can see. They flip it again, I can't see. And it's like somebody is messing with your perception and your ability to focus. My friend, the devil does that every day. He tries his best to mess with your perception and your ability to focus on God. Now, you've heard me do this before, but for those that are here for the first time today, let me just share this with you. David makes a statement. He said, come magnify the Lord with me. So when I put on glasses, Patty, you've got glasses. Put your glasses on. Now, what did, your, what, what did your glasses do to me? What happened when you put your glasses on? When you put your glasses on? Oh, those are readers. Never mind your glasses. <laughs> Better be careful who you're choosing. <laughs> All right. Tristan, take your glasses off. How do I look now? You can't focus. Put your glasses on. Now, how do I look? I'm focused. How do I look? Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a compliment. <laughs> okay. So let me ask the question, what did his glasses do to me? No, his glasses didn't do anything to me. 
What his glasses did was allow him to see me the way I really am. When David's saying, come magnify the Lord with me, you can't make God any bigger than he is. What David is saying, God, let me see you the way you really are. Give me the ability to focus on who you are. Thank you, Danny. Everybody say focus. So it's all about focus. Now look what David tells us in Psalms 19, verses 1 to 4. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Think about it. The heavens declare his glory. And they have from the beginning of time. When men were trying to navigate their way, they looked up. And when they looked up, they found their way home. God, in his infinite wisdom, laid out a road map in the sky, and people were able to read that and discover their way home. Does that sound like something that's by chance? Does that sound like an explosion? People that say, oh, well, you know, it all happened from an explosion. I said, okay, look, if that's true, then the odds of that happening are the same as this. Go to your house, dump out a, bo a box of alphabet cereal, shake it all over the counter, and if your first and last name show up in a line printed, I might believe that an explosion can cause that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You cannot take nothing and blow it up. <laughs> but God's the only one that's able to speak it into existence. Everybody say, that's God. As a matter of fact, if you can tell me where God came from, then he's not God. Because God has no beginning and he has no ending. He's God all by himself. And David said that the heavens declare his glory. God even caused man to look up. He hung his promises on the heavens. He tells Abraham, look up and try and count the stars that are in the sky. Because that's how I'm going to multiply your seed What's he trying to do? He's trying to get him to focus on something that's bigger than he is. Sometimes we're just looking at our problems and our situation, and we're reducing God down to that. And David said, I'll look to the hills from whence cometh my help. But I got news for you. You can look on past the hills because he's there. Amen. When it came time for the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, the promise that would bring all mankind back to him, how did he announce it? He hung a star in the sky that announced the Messiah was born. Wise men from the east followed it and came to the place where he was. He's always spoken to us without a word. Amen. Through the heavens. Everybody say, through the heavens. Now think about how important it was for people then, and they couldn't see it like we can now. How many of you know we can see it a lot clearer now? I got me some binoculars, folks. And every once in a while, I'll go out on the porch and look up at the moon. And I'll zoom those things in, and I'll think, man, I wish I had a telescope. <laughs> Those, I, I, I've seen, you ever see those white spots on the moon? You know, the real bright white spots. I focus on that and I'm thinking, oh, I wish I could get that closer to me. Because all those things have an impact on us. It reminds us there's someone bigger than we are. Someone that's more infinite than we are. Someone that able to speak those things that are not as though they were. The heavens 
declare his glory. Jesus tells us that God will use the heavens to announce the coming. He said there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars above. So when you look up, you're able to see him. Now we see him better than we've ever seen him before. Our solar system has nine planets. There is one star in our solar system, and that star is called the sun. Everyone say the sun. Now the earth is traveling at 67,000 miles per hour. How in the world are we even able to stand up? What we're standing on right now is traveling at 67,000 miles per hour. In one day, it will have traveled one point, the earth will have traveled 1.6 million miles. And at that rate of speed, it still takes a, a, an entire year for the earth to make one orbit around the sun. We will have orbited the sun at the end of a year and traveled more than 500 million miles, traveling at 67,000 miles per hour to do it. Don't tell me I got grass growing under my feet. Everybody say, I'm moving. And when you think of that, and, and the sun, now check this out. The sun is the only star in our solar system, but it's just one of over a hundred billion stars in our galaxy. And there are more than a hundred billion other planets, nine planets in our solar system, but more than a hundred billion other planets in our galaxy, which is called the Milky Way. Everybody say the Milky Way. Man, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that, isn't it? Isn't it? So let's, I, Louis Giglio, did a uh, teaching, and in that teaching, he gave a comparison. So I'm going to borrow Louis' golf ball to try and help us figure this out. So if the golf ball, if the earth is the size of a golf ball, everybody say, that's the earth. And as Louis would say, and I'm on there somewhere. So the earth the size of a golf ball, one million earths, would fill the surface of the sun. It would take a million earths to fill the surface of the sun. That's equivalent to filling a big yellow school bus up with golf balls. If you were to, if you, that, that's how many golf balls it would take to fill up that yellow school bus. So if the earth is the size of a golf ball, you'd fill a huge school bus up with them to make up how big the sun is. Everybody say the sun. Yet the sun is actually just a medium star in our galaxy. I'm only gonna to talk to you about two other stars. One is called Betelgeuse. I'm not making that up, that's the name of the star. Betelgeuse, now it takes a million Earths to fill the sun. It would take 262 trillion Earths to fill Betelgeuse. That's how much bigger Betelgeuse is. Think about that. That's equivalent, if, if, that if the Earth was the size of a golf ball, that's equivalent to filling the Superdome full of golf balls 3,000 times. That's Betelgeuse. Everybody say, that's some big stuff. But the largest star, well, actually, now they're saying that there's one bigger than this, but the largest star at that time was called Canis Majoris. Everybody say Canis Majoris. Well, how much bigger could it get? Well, it would take seven quadrillion Earths to fill Canis Majoris. Majoris. So if the Earth was the size of a golf ball, it would fill the entire state of Texas 
with golf balls 22 inches deep to fill Canis Majoris. And we act like God can't handle our problem. Like our situation is out of God's hand. Like it's too big for him to handle. Why do we sit around and worry and fret? Because we allow the devil to get our focus off of him. We're not magnifying the Lord. We're magnifying the situation. We're magnifying the circumstance. Let me ask a question. Be honest with yourself. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but be honest with yourself. How many times have you made your situation bigger than God? Here's how you tell whether or not you've made your situation bigger than God. When all of a sudden you're in it and you're worrying about it. When you're in it and you're fretting over it. When you're in it and you're wringing your hands going, I don't know what we're going to do. Anybody ever do that before? Wave your hand. Anybody ever do that before? I have. You say, well, but how do I keep from that? By magnifying the Lord, by keeping your focus on how big God is. By saying, I believe. I choose to believe because of what I see around me. Now, faith isn't about seeing. Well, actually, faith is about seeing. It says, now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Things that I don't see with my eye, I proclaim with my heart. Things that I cannot behold in my natural vision, my spirit declares he's there. Now, look, how do I know Beetlejuice is there? I don't. I'm having to take some astronomer's word for it. How does he know it's there? He looked through a telescope and found it. And he said, you're not going to believe what I just saw. Beetlejuice. I'm thinking, you're kidding me, man. That guy in that movie? (laughs) How do we know? It's all about choosing to stand on what's been declared to us. And what the Bible tells us is, look, All of creation declare, the thing that you can see in creation declare to you the evidence of an invisible God that you can't see, but you can feel. You can feel his touch, you can sense his influence, and you know he's there. I talked about touching that wire in the the conference room here a few weeks ago. Can I tell you that when I touched the water, I didn't see electricity. I never saw the electricity, but I felt the effect of it. I have never seen God, but I have felt the effect of him on my life, in my situation, in my family. So yes, I believe. Say it with me, I believe. We try and grasp this. We try and get a hold of it. And sometimes it's just hard to comprehend. So I want you to watch this clip. And I want you to see that in the scope of things, if our problem, if the earth were the size of our problem, <laughs> when you get through our galaxy, you're going to find out that your problem is nothing at all in the hands of God. Go ahead and run it, guys. got to the sun and you can't see us anymore.
between these next two stars. Kind of gives you a feeling of a uh, wow. Give you an idea of how big that last star was. If you're in a jet plane traveling at 500 miles an hour to travel the diameter of that star would take you over 1,100 years traveling at 500 miles an hour. That's beyond my comprehension. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God is beyond our comprehension. He said his ways are above our ways. His ways are past finding out. Look, what I showed you is just in our galaxy. And our galaxy is the what? The Milky Way. And in our galaxy, that Milky Way, we see those things. But you got any idea? How many other galaxies there are that exist beyond the Milky Way? They used to say 200 billion. But as of May 19, I mean 2016, they changed that number to over 2 trillion galaxies. Not stars, not planets, but galaxies. You say, what are you getting at? He spoke it into existence. He said, let it be, and it was there. God is able to handle our situation. You got, turn, turn, look at your neighbor right now and say, I believe. I believe. You know what? Let me share this with you. And I, I'm going to wrap up here, but I want you to hear me. There was this guy, I used to work in a secular job in wire plant, and I had to, I ran armor cable. How many of you know what armor cable is? It's electrical wire that's wrapped with steel. And so one of my jobs was I had to make sure that there were no nicks in the insulation of that wire. The way I did that was I shot 13,000 volts of electricity through it. And it was a machine, and I would ground it out, and I would shoot electricity through it. And if there was a nick in the installation, it would spark out against the armor, and I would know that that cable was no good. Or we'd have to cut it in small lengths and find the spark out. Now, you had to make sure that after you shot 13,000 volts of electricity through it, that you grounded the wire out. Because if you didn't, I cannot tell you the number of times that I forgot. And I'd be twisting that. I'd have a steel hook in my hand, twisting it with wire, wires, tightening it up, and get against that copper, and it would make me feel like going home. Just it popped the fire out of you. So I was telling a guy, you know, well, I really wasn't telling. A guy came down there and I was working on it. You always had to make sure you grounded it out. And you could literally hear it pop when you put the copper against the steel. You'd hear it ground out. And I was down there and there was a guy that worked there. And he came down there and said, you guys, they're down here talking about getting shocked by that. That's just all in your imagination. I said, excuse me? He said, it's impossible for that to hold a charge. It's not grounded to anything. It can't hold a charge. I said, I'm telling you, it holds charge. No, it can't. So I, I was being kind, and I, I took the charger, and I put it on there, and I, I shot it, I mean, just a fraction of a second. I said, now touch that and tell me if you feel anything. He touched it, and I said, did you feel a little nip? He said, if I felt a nip, would I be holding it? He shouldn't have told me that. So I said, okay, hang on a second. So I took that electric lead and I held it on that wire for about 15 seconds, charging it. 
And I got to be honest, the whole time I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said, now touch that. He said, I'm telling you, this will not. Pow! I said, what happened? <laughs> Did it nip you a little bit? And honestly, I said it about like that, too. <laughs> I said, did it nip you a little bit? And he said, well, you know what the problem was. I said, watch that. He said, I was standing on this extension cord. <laughs> I said, get off the cord and let's do it again. <laughs> he wouldn't buy it. Here's the deal. is sometimes you choose not to believe even when the evidence is there. Sometimes we say, well, it's, it's God. Why is it that men choose to believe that the earth exploded, or that rather, excuse me, that in the atmosphere there was an explosion and that made man? Why would men believe that rather than that God created the heavens and the earth. Because if you want to be honest, it takes more faith to believe that we got here out of that explosion Amen. than it does that God created us. I can tell you why men choose to believe it. It's because they don't want to have to answer to God. They don't want to have to acknowledge him in their life. So they think that as long as I don't acknowledge him, I won't answer to him. I got news for you. You're going to answer. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord. Amen. When I found out that, now you're looking at an individual that if God had been about going to a church and sitting on a pew, I wouldn't be here. You're looking at an individual that the only way I would have ever surrendered to God was to find the reality of him. And I'm telling you that God has shown me his reality over and abundant beyond anything I could have ever asked or thought of. When you begin to seek him he said i'm not far from you say it with me believe now watch what happens when you choose to believe it's another metaphor in nature isaiah 40 and 31 but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Everybody say, wait. Wait. Do you know what the word wait means there in Hebrew? It means to expect. You ever see a woman they, waiting on a baby? What do they say she is? She is expecting. And does she walk different? Oh, yeah. Does she act different? Oh, yeah. Why? Because she's expecting. I can't wait for this kid to get here. I'm, and we're the same way, aren't we? But see, the other thing that wait means there is patiently. Ooh. See, a lot of us are expecting from God, but we're not patient in our waiting. You need to wait with expectation don't get don't get keyed up you ever see somebody my, my father-in-law used to say all the time because I, I i'd stand at the living room you know I'd, I'd be standing like this at the counter in his his uh living room and i, I was going like this 18 years old at the time i guess 19 maybe i don't know what you're laughing about <laughs> And honest to goodness, I'm not making this up. You asked my wife. I was like this. And he looked at me and he said, boy, he said, why don't you shut your motor off? And I looked at him. I said, because I'm afraid if I shut it off, it'll be too hard to get it going again. I'm just telling you, don't wear yourself out trying to figure out what God's up to. Just believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Everybody say, I'm expecting. 
I, when you expect, you believe. You walk up to an expectant mother and tell her she's just overweight. <laughs> oh, look out. You're fixing to wind up in next week. What, what are you saying? She, I am not overweight. I am expecting. What's wrong with you? Can't you tell? Overweight. How dare you? I'm expecting. But you let people trash your faith and fall down under their attack and huddle your head down and try and figure out, well, is it even worth it? You tell that mama that's expecting that it's not worth it. You tell her after she's carried that child for nine months and they're getting ready to go in for delivery, don't, don't you think you ought to just kind of forget about this right now? Don't you think it'd be better if you just forgot about this child right now? I haven't come this far to turn back. There's life in me, and it's getting ready to come out of me. And when it comes out of me, it's going to change everything around me. Oh, I, I wish you could get that. There's life in you right now that God has breathed into you. He, he's put a seed of expectation into your heart. He wants you to nurture it. He wants you to carry it. He wants you to believe that it's coming. And when the time comes, that life you've been carrying is going to affect not just your life, but it's going to affect every life around you. Amen. Believe. When you expect, you believe. And when you believe, you fly. Would you stand with me? I've never understood folks that go to church, but they never really give their life to God. They go to church, but nothing changes. If there hadn't been a change in me, I wouldn't be here. Well, what would you be doing? I'd probably be fishing right now. I wouldn't be in here. As a matter of fact, don't anybody get offended at what I'm getting ready to say. But when I got saved, I knew I'd gotten saved. I could feel it. After I got saved, they, 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 they asked, they said, what's it feel like? I said, it feels like I got springs in my feet. Benny, that's been 45 years ago, and I still got springs in my feet. <laughs> They're still there. Now, I may not be able to jump as high as I used to. I may not be able to shout as loud as I used to, but can I tell you? It's not about the jump and the shout. Thank God I can. But it's the knowing in my heart that when I close my eyes here, I'm going to open them in the presence of God. You need to know that. Because that scripture I read at the beginning of this in Romans 1 and 20 says, we'll be without excuse. Well, I just didn't have a good enough preacher to convince me without excuse. Well, the worship team wasn't anointed enough to get my attention without excuse. Well, if my mom and dad had lived right in front of me, then maybe I would have embraced God. You know what's going to happen? It's going to say, did you never lift up your eyes and look around you? The heavens declare His glory. Everything created testified to the fact that God exists. And He exists for us. Well, let me rephrase that. We exist for Him. He was getting along without us fine, but... He didn't want to. You know what the difference between 
a birth child and adopt a child is. Someone told me that a birth child grows in you, in your stomach, and an adopted child grows in your heart. And the scripture said that we've been adopted, <laughs> grafted in to the vine. I don't ever want to take that for granted. When we live a thankful life, we live a blessed life. When you're able to get up and thank God for today, don't worry about tomorrow. Brian went into that hospital and he told me, he said, man, he said, I, he said, I closed my eyes. He said, the next thing I knew, I was opening them. They said, okay, you're done. He I, said, I didn't even know they'd done anything. He said, I, I just opened my eyes and they said, okay, you're done. And I looked at him, I said, Brian, thank God you opened your eyes. And isn't that what God wants us to do? He's just asking us to open our eyes, look around us, and see his glory. See what he's doing. And let that cause faith to rise in your heart. Would you just stretch your hands and worship him with me as they sang this song? Go ahead. The Father, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. to Jesus and those of you that are watching live right now I'm talking to you too if you've never said yes to him don't reach and shut the computer off and say well it's getting a little intense now but I want you to understand that one moment of you saying I believe can change where you spend eternity forever it's not about what you did it's about what he did for you and when you embrace that and accept it how many of you are ready to do that right now i want you to pray with me if, if you haven't accepted him pray this prayer with me if you have pray it as a confirmation of those that are praying with us today father i believe father i believe that jesus died for my sins that he rose again and that he's coming back and I choose right now to turn my back on sin and say yes to you. Save me right now. I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Come on, give my hand clap of praise in this building. If you did that and you meant that, there are angels that are throwing a party in heaven on your behalf. Now, before you walk out of here, 
I want to talk to you for a second that have already said yes to him. Because sometimes we say yes and we walk around depressed and defeated and wrung out and strung out and God wants you to be a victorious. He wants you to understand that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath and that his purpose for you, for you to be able to enjoy your journey and declare his goodness. So, look at your neighbor and say it with me. I'm expecting, I'm expecting something to happen something right, now. right now. I want you to step out of your pew, move up to the front. And everybody goes, oh my goodness, he's moving us out. Come on, real quick, real quick. A lot of you hang on to that pew like it's a safety blanket. Let go of it. Just step, you don't have to come all the way up here. Just step out in the aisle. Just make a move. Just make a move. I got saved, people knew I was saved. It wasn't because I was running around saying, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. It's because they were running around going, what happened to you? What happened to you? Do you understand? When you encounter Christ, it's gonna change you. It'll change everything about you. Folks thought I was nuts. That's nothing new. People thought I was nuts before I was living for God. We allow what people think about us to keep us from experiencing everything he has for us. And it's time to say, I believe. I believe. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you in this place are ready to fly? Amen. Then spread your wings, get a little bit of wing room. Just go like that one time. You go, I can't believe that pastor. You all go to the ball game and you go, ah! Come on, get a little wing room. Get a little air going in here. We could use some. And say it, I believe. I believe. Have you ever had a dream where you could fly? Did you ever have a dream where all of a sudden you, you just took off? And, and man, those are my favorite dreams. And you say, you like to dream you're flying through the air? I love to dream I'm flying. Why? Because... The things that hold me are no longer able to hold me. Yes. You're getting ready to fly out of here. You're not going to walk out of here. You're not going to run out of here. You're going to fly out of here because you expect God to move on your behalf. Can I get a witness? How many of you expecting God to do it? And raise those hands, raise those hands like this. And I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. You pray, you pray for yourself. I'm going to be praying for you. God, we come to you right now knowing that it was never your intent for us to drag through this walk of life. God, when everything comes crashing down on us and we feel like it's a wave and it's sucking us under, you said that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you'll raise up a standard against them. Father, we believe that right now, that you're acting on our behalf. We expect it. We're flapping our wings. We're getting ready to mount up with wings like an eagle because we testify to everyone you're alive. We believe it. The heavens declare it, but my heart proclaims it in Jesus' name. Come on, give my hand clap of praise in this house. When you fly out of here today, you fly out of here knowing that it's changed, that it's different, that it's not the same anymore. And somebody said, well, if I could just feel some chills up my back, go into Abba Java, they'll pour ice, a, a, a glass of ice water down your back. Hear what I'm saying. This isn't just about chills and thrills. This is about faith. This is about expecting the God to move when it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. This is about speaking those things or not as though they were standing in the gap, making up the hedge and declaring, I expect it to happen. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house. You walk out of here today, you walk out of here victorious. You walk out of here knowing that things are changing in your family. Things are changing on your job. Things are changing in your health. God's turning around for good. Come on, one more time. A hand clap of praise to Jesus. God bless you for being here today. Look, 
If you've got a special need, we're here to pray for you. As everybody else filters out, you filter up to the front and we'll stand in the gap with you today. God bless you. Remember to pray for those that are traveling in Jesus' name.